Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Traveling Image Makers Podcast. My guest for today is Deborah Sandich. Deborah is famous for using a creative style in her travel photography. Unlike the typical documentary or reportage approach, she loves to use techniques like long exposures, cinemagraphs, or time lapses to give a little bit of spice to her travel photos. If you listen to my interview with Deborah, you will be able to understand what it means to do creative travel photography. You will also learn about Deborah's next uh, travels and her workshops and a slew of other things. Remember that you can find all the show notes and links for this episode at ttim.photo/18. So enjoy my conversation with Deborah Sandage and remember please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps us grow. Thank you very much. And until next time, all the best and take care. Welcome, Deborah. It's great to have you here uh, with us today and uh, from uh, sunny Florida. If I get that right, that's what you, that's where you are right now. Absolutely. And, and beautiful, sunny Florida. Thank you for having me here. Uh, it's my pleasure. And uh, thanks for being with us in on such a short notice. We, we get in contact just uh, a few days ago and you graciously accepted to, to be our guest, uh, our guest today on, uh, on our podcast. So I would like you to introduce yourself to, to our audience, to those who don't know who Deborah Sandage is. Well, thank you again. I'm Deborah Sandage. I'm a professional photographer, and much like our audience, I'm very passionate about photography and especially the creative elements of photography. I'm an instructor, a workshop leader. I'm the author of Digital Infrared Photography and a public speaker. And I do, I do some photography for corporate clients like Nikon or um, advertiser, advertising agency. And basically, I just love to travel the world. So near and far, it doesn't have to be out of the country. I love to travel within the country, but certainly out of the country also. And uh, I was reading your um, your blog, your website, and it looks to me like you are very much into uh, nightscapes, uh, shooting during the blue hour, long exposures, which uh, is something that is maybe not typical of many travel photographers, but can you Please maybe tell us a bit more about uh, why did you particularly like shooting those kind of subjects or using during those times of the day? Oh, absolutely. What I love about shooting during the blue hours, this is something you can do at home. You can do, do this for travel to make more expressive images. So uh, it's, it's uh, basically very simple. Um, best equipment, you, know, you have to have a sturdy tripod, of course. A cable release or a shutter, some type of shutter release. Uh, this will allow for more creative long exposures. So if you're if you don't have a tripod, then you're locked into a very short exposure. So the blue hour is absolutely magic. And when you travel, you know, cityscapes sparkle during the blue hour. That's really the best time to show off all the glamour and the city lights and uh, and then have fun with creative effects like 
capturing streaks of light from passing cars or buses. And I love to do this. In London, you can stand over and, and capture all these big red buses as they pass by, even during the day, and create some really interesting long exposures. But it, the blue hour is magic. So that is how I like to build my workshops or, or travels. I'll, I'll plan the best, most beautiful, iconic locations during the blue hour and, and, and shoot during that time. And long exposures is something that you do um, with filters sometimes, even oh. during the day? Oh, absolutely. So at night, I'm used to using the low light, the natural low light to create the long exposures. This is pretty easy to do. You can, you can shoot a, an eight-second long exposure and capture these wonderful streaks of light from p passing cars. But during the day, you meet the limits of your camera, and then you're going to have a You're, you've already have your ISO as, as low as it can go. And so you're going to have to use a tool such as a neutral density filter that will allow you to, to extend the, the length of exposure. So um, I like to work with exposures that are three, four, five, maybe 10 minutes at a time. So that's when you need to reach for something like a neutral density filter. I, I, in particular, I like to use a scene rate 15-stop neutral density filter, and, and that really changes the dynamics of, of what you're shooting. Because then you can choose something like a, a location that may be well photographed, but then you're presenting it in a very different way, and that's something that I like to do. Then I'm going to come away with something that's not just a snapshot, but something more expressive and beautiful. For, for those who are not familiar with neutral density filters, uh, you, you mentioned the fact that you are using a 15-stop filter. What, what does that mean in practice? What is a 15-stop filter? So a 15-stop neutral density filter is going to allow you to extend the length of the exposure. So it's, you can work with the range of maybe four or five 10 minutes or so. So it's, it, it creates a more expressive image because what's going to happen is you're conveying a sense of time passing. So whatever happens rather than what happens in a fraction of a section, section, a second, if you're using 125th of a second, for example, if you're shooting two, three, four, five minutes, the clouds are going to blur or people are going to move through the scene. So it creates much more expressive and, and dynamic image. So if I got my math right, 15 stops would uh, equate to reducing the light that enters the camera by a factor of 32,000, right? So that means if you are shooting at a... Normally, shutter speed would be a hundredth of a second, then you would be doing 3,200 seconds. That's even... That's almost one hour of exposure, which is probably not going to be. So I think I've got my math right. Uh, but in practice, it means that you, you cut most of the light that gets into the camera and that allows you to, to extend uh, the, the shutter speeds and the exposure times to into the territory of uh, seconds or minutes. Depending on well, the, sure. The situation. For example, yeah. if I'm using, uh, for example, if I'm using a 15-stop neutral density filter, uh, so my my base exposure is 125th of a second. With a 15-stop, it's going to be around four minutes and 22 seconds. That's and you have a calculator for that. There's an app for that, so it allows you to to be able to calculate the exposure. So what I do is I think about 
how long I'm going to need. So I think if, if the if the clouds are moving at a certain speed, I might want to say, okay, this is three or four minutes. Uh, so I'll, I'll work within adjusting the ISO and the aperture to create a, an exposure that's going to end up around four minutes or so. So you can kind of play with those numbers once you're used to working with the neutral density filters. But they're very dramatic and very beautiful, and it changes the whole dynamic of the photograph. Yeah, so it's uh, it's not just a gimmick or some technical thing. It's all at the service of some uh, creative purpose. Absolutely, it's a creative tool, and, and there's in this digital age, it's so easy to do so many things after the fact. Like you're working with the idea of uh, filters and post processing and, and that. But I like to create the most expressive and dynamic photograph in the camera things that you really can't reproduce in post and and using a neutral density filter allows you to do that it's not something you you can play around with blur and things like that but it really isn't isn't the same effect so there's certain tools that that i carry with me and and i again it's that's going to be the neutral density filters love to work with the blue and gold polarizer that is absolutely gorgeous because that's going to change sort of the the elements of color within an image so maybe i have a I come across a situation where the colors aren't quite as dramatic. You can reach for that. So I, I do carry a polarizer. Uh, that's one of the, well, the one of the other tools. And this is balanced light in the scene. I'll, care, I'll work with graduated neutral density filters. So those are a few things that I that I'll carry with me as far as working with to get the best picture in camera as possible. Uh, still on your blog, I was reading an article the other day that's titled creative tips for the travel photographer uh, which really i really loved it resonated a lot with me and it, it lists a number of ways that travel photographers can express their creativity and add some variety to their portfolio uh, beside referring people to to that article which we will do in the, in the show notes can you tell us uh, some of those tips some of the things that you think are really important for being a creative travel photographer Oh, absolutely. Because the one thing you want to do is come away picture, with pictures that aren't just snapshots. So you really have to think outside the box because everybody who's standing beside you is basically at the same perspective and, and getting the same pictures. So what are the things that you can do that are going to set your photo different and apart from everybody else's? So one of the things I do is think about um, changing the perspective. So if I have a beautiful location, I'll kind of scout out to see if maybe there's a rooftop cafe or a bar or something where I can shoot down on the scene and get the same kind of effect. So I'll work with that. Definitely want to shoot just the standard, what we've, what we've always learned, working to shoot wide and then work in for the, to the detail shot. So I'll shoot the wide shot and then maybe get a different lens and, and work with more details within the same image. There's so many different things you can and you can pick out. Because I'm looking at your, your shot here on, on Skype and I can see your your shot, your, your self-portrait, but then the background, there's all kinds of little beautiful stair steps. It looks like a little cat in the background. So you could just dig into a composition by by just looking throughout the seeing what's happening. I work with um, different ideas. Some of the way I think about how I want to be able to present whatever it is I'm shooting. So I'm telling a story about a location. So I'll shoot stills, obviously shoot stills. And as we described, you know, how, how to shoot that. I'll also work with the idea of just maybe a time lapse. So then you're telling a story of what happens over time. And that can be very, very expressive. And I, I love to do this. So, so I'll shoot, um, let's say I was in London, I was shooting uh, 
I love Tower Bridge. It's one of my favorite places to shoot. Well, everybody shoots Tower Bridge. But not maybe everybody has a picture, has a time lapse of maybe the beautiful clouds that are moving through the scene. So I'll, I'll work with that idea. So when I'm creating a, a keynote presentation, I'll be able to show the stills. I'll be able to show you know a time lapse, or I'll shoot a video. You can shoot little short, thirty, forty, uh, or even a minute clips of a certain section of something happening within a scene. And so then I, you know I can build that also into uh, something that I'm working with. But the really cool thing about working with video, even if you just have 30 seconds, and this is something I was just doing the other day, I came across just a gorgeous location. Um, there are a canopy of trees that framed the whole image with these canopy of trees, and there's a little old dock in the, in the photograph. So I, I'm shooting stills. Um, really didn't lend itself towards time lapse, but I just shot a short, a short little video. And then what happened with the video was I created a cinemagraph. And if you're familiar with cinemagraph, it's basically a, a still picture that has elements that move so the only thing that was moving this picture was the rippling of the water so here i'm, I'm showing the same picture of the at that with that with the dock and the canopy of trees but the water's moving so it's really quite expressive and beautiful so you want to be able to tell your story in many different ways so you can do that through stills you can do that through time lapse and you can do that through cinemagraphs and one of the interesting things about time lapse to go back to time lapse is that you can actually merge those time-lapse images into a single image and it creates a very beautiful painterly effect. So it's just yet another way to be able to show creative uh, information and, and, and the element of time passing. I actually have an article in um, Digital Photographer Magazine this month about how to do just that. It's a very simple technique of, of just simply merging the images into um, a single image. So, so what I'm trying to use all the resources that I have available to me as a, as a photographer. So it, primarily my goal is to create very expressive images that are going to be interesting and draw in the viewer. And they certainly are by looking at your, your website. You have some ex incredibly expressive images, if I may say so. Uh, you mentioned uh, um, presentations, you mentioned workshops, so... Uh, you are very much into the educational aspect of photography. You do workshops on location. And since you managed, you mentioned those creative tips, those techniques that you can use, I, I, I think that people that come to your tours, to your workshop, can expect to, to see uh, some of those techniques in action. So it's not just uh, going to see beautiful places, but it's also a lot about uh, expressing their creativity. Is, the, is that right? Absolutely. And, and, and during travel, it, you have some downtime because you're going from A to B. And, and so I love to be able to show these creative techniques. So I'll often have my iPad or my laptop and just be able to show someone this is an idea that you can apply to your photography. So, you know, try some of these ideas and we'll go through that. So that, that's the idea. I love to be able to share with people things that they can apply to their photography, whether they travel near or far. I think that's important because when you... You bring people to places you just don't want to put them in a, in a location where the light is good and uh, it's an iconic view and tell them, well, set your aperture to f8 and your shutter speed to so and so and your white balance to cloudy and then take pictures away. I mean, it's, uh, I think it's important that people get to get something more out of that. 
Oh, absolutely. And it's a lot of fun. It's it's fascinating to be able to share an idea that maybe someone hasn't thought of and you show them, okay, this is what you can do. And, and you know, the light bulb goes off and it, and that, that, that's just a beautiful thing you know, to be able to share ideas. And, and people learn from that, just people around you. So people, other people in the workshop pick that up. Or, the, or maybe they have an idea to bring to the table, too. So that's the beauty of, of uh, going on a workshop and photo tour. There's just this wonderful exchange of ideas. And then there should be a lot of experimentation, I think. I mean, we should not be afraid to to try something and then even fail because you, you learn from, from failures as well. And it can be a lot of fun to to try something new. Absolutely. Experience is the best teacher. So yes. you've got to try. <laughs> so um, when, you, when you go to a, to a, when you do a workshop and you go to a place, uh, uh, how much planning you do? Uh, how are your tours organized? Do we have a set number of locations or you do more of an exploration? How, how does that work in practice? Well, generally, the... Tours are, are predetermined. If it's a photo tour that's out of the country, it's predetermined because we're going from A to B to C. But we are very flexible as far as if there's something going to happen. Um, I was in uh, Slovenia uh, last summer and it, had, it was just pouring down rain, which is it was you know impossible to shoot. But we knew the next morning that this rain was going to clear and we're going to have foggy conditions, and that was amazing. So you know, being able to gather everybody together and get them in position to be able to shoot this beautiful misty fog and in, in, uh, just outside of Ljubljana was a wonderful, a wonderful experience. So yes, it's a, so the. Obviously, in a travel tour outside of the country is predetermined. Within the within the United States, a little bit more flexible. Sort of have blocks of time that you can you can move around to to work with the, the individual shot. So it's good to be flexible. Yeah, absolutely, uh, of course, you need to. You're shooting most of the time uh, outside, so you depend on the weather a lot, and you need to to be able to adapt to the vagaries of the weather and uh, and conditions, of course. And you mentioned Slovenia. Uh, do you have a, what, what are the next uh, next trips coming up coming from you for you? Sorry, uh, where, where are you going next? What what are your plans for 2016? Oh, for 2016. Well, this I'll be doing a private workshop seminar down on seascapes, which I'm really excited about in, in West Palm Beach. So I'm bringing a group together there just to explore the idea of working with seascapes. So I'll be. I'll be doing that. Um, I'll be speaking up in Connecticut at Charter Oaks Photographic Society, um, the best of Italy, which I'm super excited about. You're from Italy, so I'll have to get with you some um, extra pointers, maybe secret locations. Uh, Croatia and Slovenia. I'll be going to the south of France. I, I, I go there each summer, and I, I love to photograph there. And again, returning to this beautiful location to, to get uh, some shots. That, that's just uh, a wonderful way to spend a little bit of time for dub time in the summer. But I'll also be going to Palouse, which is in Washington State. We're doing a workshop there, which will be a lot of fun. And Japan in November. And the, and the Eastern European capitals in, in September, which which is going to be a fascinating trip. So a lot of different things are, are coming up. Any secret location that you are going to visit that you feel like you, you would like to share with uh, with our audience? I mean, some, some place off the beaten path that you recommend that people don't go there often, but they definitely should. 
Well, during a travel tour, it's really important to have a great guide, and 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 they can tell you some super secret, beautiful locations that are just off the beaten path. And and I, and I can't stress, you know, having a good guide is just you know very very important. Well, in uh, Eastern European Capitals tour, which we're doing in September. We'll be going to, of course, the iconic locations like Moscow and St. Petersburg, but we're also going to some little villages outside of, of the city that will add the local flavor and just be a little bit more interesting and add a, a, a different dimension to the trip. Absolutely. Is, is it more about the, the architecture, the landscapes, the, the people, the food, the culture? What is it that draws you more to a place? Oh, that's you know that's a tough question, and it, yeah. and it depends on. <laughs> I remember you were going to ask me that, um, and that really depends on, on what country I'm in. And, and certainly, cityscapes are, are are so important. Landscapes are beautiful, but I love historic cities. They're absolutely so romantic, and um, you know, I absolutely love to work with, of course, you know, building in the blue hour shots and everything that happens in between, you know, sunrise, sunset, and, and, and certainly during the day, you get some wonderful expressive images. And I like to go out at night after everybody else has gone back to their hotel and they're done. And it just, it's shoot at night. You know, it's just can be just such, a, such a different dynamic. So I think that uh, we were in Dubrovnik um, on the last Croatia and Slovenia tour, and we went out. We were at two or three in the morning when the streets are empty, but it was so beautiful, and it's the best time to shoot. So I have a lot of, t I have to say, cityscapes you know, are, are close to my heart. But if I go someplace like Cuba, it, it is all about, and the architecture is beautiful, but the people are amazing. So, you know, it's going to have to change depending on what country I've been. Yeah, I've been to Dubrovnik this summer. Last summer, actually, and uh, I mean, it's uh, it was it was crazy during the day. There's like a, a million people walking through the the streets of the old city. But my my best time was probably getting up at six in the morning and going out when the sun was rising. And there was uh, like me and uh, four other people on the main street, which is a a sight that you you never get to see if you get up early because at eight it was completely packed. And then uh, later in the day, when the cruise ships arrive and they offload uh, uh, <laughs> 5,000 people each ship, then it's, it's crazy. You just can't, cannot enjoy the city during those hours. So, yeah, uh, go out at the unusual hours when the rest of the people are in bed or are uh, having dinner at the restaurant and you get the best of those places. Oh, absolutely. And don't forget, you can blur those people away using yeah. the 15th. <laughs> I, I, try, I tried. I tried doing the, the, the Stradunda, the main street of Dubrovnik at night. Uh, I sat down my mm -hmm. tripod there and I went for uh, like a minute or two minutes long exposure. But the problem is that the people are so densely packed that when somebody moves away, there's, there's other people behind them. So oh, you don't you don't get to see the buildings behind. You see just you just see a pinkish blur. <laughs> uh, well, then you're you're smart because you know that getting up before before dawn and getting those beautiful shots before the rest for everybody else comes out, and and that's really the way to do it. And 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 the thing about photo tours, yeah, maybe you don't get the sleep that you normally get, and you don't eat at the normal time, but you're getting the beautiful shots, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so you said you're 
coming to Italy and uh, the European capitals uh, and the Palouse. Yeah, that's basically your uh, main trips for 2016. Any any place that you have not been to that you would like to go to and either on your own or uh, leading a workshop there? What's your what's your bucket list, so to say? Oh, yes. Oh, there's. I have a long bucket list, <laughs> but primarily Myanmar. I have been there. The pictures that I see are mm-hmm. absolutely stunning as far as the landscape. And, you know, I, I, you know, I've been to India, but I just haven't been uh, over to Myanmar yet. And, and it's just the architecture, you know, ranging back so long and the natural beauty and the conditions that there are to shoot. So it is definitely on my list. I, I would love to be able to go there. And of the countries that you've already visited which one would you like to go back if it were like somebody would say to you tomorrow you get to leave all expenses paid and you do whatever you want there just where do you go well that would be very easy i would go back to france i absolutely love france Uh, paris is beautiful the south of france is absolutely gorgeous and i there's so many places I would like to explore in more depth, so I, I would go back. There's so, so many little out-of-the-way villages, and the, the beaches, Cassis, is absolutely gorgeous. You can just, it's a very walkable city, so I would go back to France in a heartbeat. Did you, have you been to Normandy, Bretagne, that are, Brittany, sorry, the Bretagne is the French way to say it, that in English would be Brittany. No, I haven't oh, been. Oh, yeah, you, no, you should. So. You should definitely. It's. Uh, it's. Uh, I mean, France uh, is such a, uh, a great and diverse country, and uh, but to me, Normandy and Brittany are some of the the best places. Maybe for me, it's uh, the south of France is so near to where I live that I've been there many times, and it's uh, it's not a surprise anymore. It's uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, of course, uh, Provence and so on, but. The north of France uh, is uh, is much more different, and to me, is uh, is one of the best areas of the country. But, yeah. Okay, well, I'll, so I'll get with you on that because I'm going back to France this summer, so I'll <laughs> pick your brain on some ideas. That, that would be my suggestion to go to Normandy and Brittany. That's uh, okay. Amazing areas there. Um, what else? Uh, where, where can uh, people find more about you and your your workshops your teaching uh... well they can go to www.debrasandage.com or or just debsandage.com it's, it's all the same location certainly you can find me on google facebook and twitter and all the social media sites so i try to keep everything updated on, on what's happening there and, it, and that's a great way to keep in touch with everyone so that that's really it's easy to find out information about what's going on, what places I'm traveling to, and uh, and uh, how you can keep in touch. In closing, do you have any tips for tips. aspiring travel photographers? Trips for tips. aspiring travel. So what I would suggest is if you want to master, if you have a, a certain technique you want to master, try it at home first. Let's say you want to experiment with that idea of creating streaks of light from passing cars and you can just you can just go to to you know basically in the city and just and set up and, and try this technique or so learn about a couple of different creative techniques that you want to apply to your photography before you go on the trip. So and 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 make sure you know your gear. You know if you have a new intervalometer, make sure you know how it works before you go on the trip. So that's one of the things that I would suggest. And 
and you know, and one of the crazy little things we were talking about traveling, um, having being super organized is helpful and traveling light is super essential. But I carry this little device called a track dot in my suitcase, and that's that's very, very helpful. So I know exactly where my luggage is at any given time, and if it gets lost, I can find it. <laughs> so. What's that what's that called? We'll we'll put a link in the show notes. It's uh, is it the product? Oh, sure. It's called Track Dot. Mm-hmm. And because it goes in the suitcase, I was just super essential when I was traveling to to India last year. And I'm just going from airport to airport because I got caught in a storm. And, and so my flights were delayed and my suitcase, everything was just kind of crazy. And when I got, it was fine until I got back to the States and they lost my luggage, but I knew exactly where it was because of track dot. So it, it's just like insurance. Oh, that's <laughs> cool. It's good to have, yes. I haven't heard of that, but we'll, uh, I will definitely investigate. I'm always uh, worried about where my luggage can be when I'm traveling. So knowing that is definitely going to <laughs> put and so. put my fears at ease. Absolutely. I, I would like, uh, yeah, once again, in, with respect to to what you can do to grow as a travel photographer, I would like uh, once again to direct people to your article, Creative Tips for Travel Photographer. And as you said, there is, I don't think there is anything there that cannot be tested and tried at home or close to home. So I think, yeah, your recommendation and, and would be mine, mine too, is that not don't wait for for a trip to some exotic location to try some new techniques, to try some new gear. Just go outside uh, outside your home a few kilometers and, uh, and experiment and practice and practice because uh, I think practice is, uh, is fundamental in getting great results. I'm sure you will agree. Oh, absolutely. And it's really simple. I'm amazed how many people have never used, most cameras have a video function and and a lot of people haven't really just tried it. It's very simple, you know, just do a 30 second video clip and then you can work with it in so many different ways or just to set up the camera for time lapse, you know, just go through that motion of setting up the camera so you know how it works and and have that set up so when you're ready to try time lapse and and you're out in a foreign country, you don't have to fumble with this and Absolutely, you know, know all those settings in the dark, so you know mm. how it works. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I will anticipate that I'm writing an article on exactly that topic: how to get good at operating your camera, even in uh, pitch black. So that's uh, that's something I'm uh, really important. I think to to be able to to do that reliably. So yeah, I think we we agree on that. Uh, <laughs> This was a very interesting conversation, and I would like to, to thank you again for uh, for sharing your uh, your ideas and your suggestions with us. And uh, again, there's uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things that people should just try uh, try new things and uh, and then get good at them. I think that's the that's the gist of it. Well, absolutely. And again, you know, if you follow my blog and, and just with just debsandage.com and, and I try to just create blogs that have a technique or a tool or an idea that someone can apply to their photography. So it, you know, it just keeps it fun. So there's always fresh and new things happening. So it's nice to keep your finger on the pulse of what, what's going on and, and, and come up with new ideas. Okay. So I would just like to wish you all the best for uh, your trips in this year and uh, the coming ones. And, uh, Thanks again for being with us and take care and goodbye. Thank you. You're welcome.